This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. There is always a personal relationship between art and its viewers. This relationship is determined by a whole host of things, including our social and political viewpoints. To what extent is this significant? A collective of former fine art students at Witt University created an Instagram account overheard in the gallery to explore these questions. Uh, I'm joined now by the co-founders, Shana Rosendorf, Jordan Anthony, and Victoria Bester. Uh, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Um, so just to start off, um, I'll explain Overheard in the Gallery is started off as an Instagram page um, and we collect quotes that people say in art gallery spaces and then post it online and have political conversations about that. Um, so, yeah, we just want to go around. I'm Shayna. I'm Victoria, but Vic, more so. <laughs> I'm Jordan, Jordan Anthony. <laughs> so, Victoria, or Vic, Jordan, and Shayna, do you eavesdrop on people's conversations? Are you standing behind people while they're watching their thing with pen and paper, kind of listening in? And if so, is that ethical? So, I think it's. I think, yeah, so basically what and how we kind of go about gathering information and doing what we do and posting it online started off with us going to galleries and not necessarily intentionally listening to what people were saying, but it became a thing of like overhearing people on accident because we were so close together with people looking at the same work that we were looking at. Um, and oftentimes we'd even say things that we'd be like, oh, well, okay, like maybe we should actually write this down. Like, you know, so we started kind of writing down things that we would overhear, not necessarily like forcefully eavesdrop it. Um, which I don't know. Yeah, I think also like just also being part of those conversations and taking snippets of those conversations um, as opposed to just getting up super close to people and hearing what they're saying. I think it was also a matter of um, while we were hearing these things, it was kind of like, oh, but I'm sure there are more people who have this kind of opinion and why not turn that into something um, where we can make it be known to the rest of the public. Like, okay, like this is not like, it's not that um, exclusionary in terms of opinions. Like other people do share these kinds of opinions and, it was a cool way to just start um, gathering this kind of information and getting an opinion on the kinds of art critics there out there. And I think after this, we learned that the public is also an art critic and anybody can be an art critic, essentially. And I think it was, sorry, I think it was kind of cool to bring that conversation online as well and to make it accessible in that way, especially during COVID, it kind of, opened that side of the gallery space to people that couldn't go to galleries at that, that time. So you, you talk about the um, public also being an art critic. What kinds of things are you hearing? And to what extent are the comments quite banal compared to quite insightful? Sorry, Vic, did you want to go? No, I was like wondering if you guys wanted to go. Oh, so when it comes to the comments that we overhear, um, sometimes you'd hear things like, oh, Kentridge again, he's gotten so common. Um, but I think that's because a lot of people who do frequently go to these art spaces, um, 
view Kentridge as like the be all, the number one of the art scene, especially in Cape Town. But um, then you get comments like I'm only here for the free wine, which which really speaks to um, what people go to galleries or gallery openings for. I mean, if there's free wine, if there's alcohol, that's that's where they're going to be. I mean, who's going to say no to free wine? But I also think it's like comments where people are like, oh, I could do this better or capitalism. And it's kind of like both types of comments feed off of the same thing, this idea of capitalism within the art world, which is so intertwined, you know, and it's it's interesting to kind of take those comments and expand on them within the social and political context, you know. So I think people kind of don't always realize what they say, but there actually really are massive social commentaries on not only the art world, but the current state of the world in general. I also think like what makes these comments interesting is the fact that it's so blunt. And when you compare that to um, say an institutional art critic, then it becomes a little bit mixed in terms of language because the jargon of art language is it's so, it's so intense and there's so much of, um, just institutional language, which is not really accessible to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I think that's where the, the most, um, popular kind of quotes come from. Um, that's where it gets more exciting is when it's blunt. So you, you raise a couple of points. One is, you know, the fact that people are bringing in their own things, things like, ah, oh, another Kentridge, or I think one of the comments about, was about, ah, oh, apartheid wasn't so bad that somebody once said, what does it tell you about the audience? What are you hoping to learn? I think it tells you something about what, who the audience is, but also what the art is extracting from the audience an artist can make something um and have an intention and have like have an intention on what they want people to understand from it but i think what we highlight isn't what the artist intended but what the viewer takes from the art um and so every understanding of anything specifically visual comes from one's own subjectivity and one's own background so it depends on really who that person is and where they're from and which gallery space they're visiting. I mean, there's a huge difference between galleries in Bramfontein and galleries in Rosebank. Um, and so that also becomes a, a part of the equation. The, um, the art world is still elitist, would you say? And do you think that art visitors are also still quite elitist? Who decides what and when to go into gallery? I think the art world will always hold some form of elitism. I think like you have different aspects of the art world, um, parts of which are more creative based and other parts are more institutionalized. But I do think that galleries will always hold that sense of elitism and that sense of like the white cube um, and will always be inaccessible to an extent to outsider people, whether it's based off of um, type of, like, whether it's based off of the fee to get into the gallery for first Thursdays or whether it's just classism. Um, I think art spaces will always hold that sense of, like, exclusion to an extent, you know. But but then, and I'll just add to that, then comes COVID. Um, 
it's very intimidating to walk into an art gallery. Um, I think for us as art students, it's not as much, but it still is. It's a space that we're like comfortable in. But COVID came and galleries closed and they moved online. And the art space became digital. Exhibitions were happening online and um, conversations. Turbine Art Fair, which we participated in last year, was completely online. Um, so that adds a type of accessibility, which was then interesting for us because we already existed online. So instead now of going to the galleries and listening to what the people who are in the galleries have to say, and like there's only one or two people in those galleries um, throughout the day, but now we're looking at the comments in the comment section um, on Instagram of the gallery's posts um, and the artist's posts and seeing what people are just posting on Instagram and saying. So it's a lot more people speaking about the work. Um, and so that's where we moved in the, in the middle of this year um, to a kind of overread in the comments. And so a lot of our more um, political, I think, political comments came from comment, like comment section on Instagram. So do um, you think, sorry, um, Karen Jordan? Sorry, um, I also think that when we went digital as well, we also noticed that the, there were more comments Sure, but there were more blunt comments as well, which means that um, people weren't afraid to speak on this digital platform or make a comment because I guess the the digital platform also offers a space of anonymity and people can say what they want to say. They can exaggerate things um, and they can also just freely voice their opinions because it's you just sitting in front of a screen and you can also have the option of curating your comment and editing things. So that's also something quite interesting. Can you see how, yes, Shana? Sorry, and then just as examples, just um, because no one has the page in front of them necessarily, but so from these comments, we would get questions like, has the ever-present iPhone devalued the art of photojournalism? And then our comment section on that post then has a conversation about, has it, has it not? And then that's then again engages the audience in a different way. Other questions like at what point is something a structure or not a sculpture? Um, and it's like here, someone saying he is a commercial artist as well as an artist artist. And then people having conversations of what a commercial artist means and what an artist artist means. So it's not necessarily only about the art anymore, but about the, um, the art space. I think the biggest difference between an online comment and overheard is the one is you consciously making a comment for others to see and comment on. Whereas the former, what you're originally doing is almost a spontaneous. People aren't aware that you're, it's not for public consumption in a way. I mean, I would cringe to think anybody could hear what I was saying about any given artwork and having a go public, um, as opposed to what I would possibly write on an, Instagram or Twitter account. And I think that's where overheard and overread kind of became intertwined. I mean, still under the same collective, but it became interesting to see how people weren't afraid to have their opinion just all over the internet until it was put on blast. And then, you know, and, and I think it's also people that, cause we follow quite a few galleries and that's, where we get our comments, but those people that follow those galleries would usually follow us. So I'm pretty sure somewhere down the line, someone has seen what they've said. Um, but I think the 
I mean, over reading and overhearing kind of became a similar act for us. It was like overhearing a conversation online in a different way, you know, for our collective. And I think it kind of opened up a different type of conversation that while is doing a similar thing to what Overheard does was kind of moving into this digital realm with the rest of the world, if that makes sense. Um, Sharice, I think it's, it's interesting how you say you would cringe if someone posted something that you said in an art gallery, because I've gotten that a lot. And I must completely disagree. I think you become a part of art commentary. Um, and if it's cringy or if it's not, it's still something that not just you are saying, but so many other people are saying, and actually is a lot more than your initial statement, and a lot more can be unpacked from that. Um, we've started writing a publication that we're going to be um, hopefully like towards the end of the year um, finishing and making like writing things about each comment that happens. And there's a lot that can be said about everything. So it's, it's inserting yourself in the conversation in a way that really does contribute um, a lot to like a broader, a broader commentary. Inserting yourself, I love that. I, I love what you said, Shana, because you're right. You know, we're all part of a process. When you're engaging in a piece of art, you're part of that artwork. Um, uh, whether it's public or not, we can possibly still debate. But in the, at the end of it, when you write your paper, and this would have to be my last question to you because, unfortunately, we're running out of time. But w- what do you hope to achieve and gain and what kind of insights and then if I can quickly just ask the three of you are part of the art establishment you are viewing people who are part of the art establishment too or not I think (laughs) yeah I would I would definitely agree like I think and I think we've always been a bit of both like while we're commenting on the art institution and the art world we're also simultaneously in it and working within it and a very big, I wouldn't say a very big, but we are a part of it in that way. I think, yeah, I think the point is that, and when I think our account like underlines is that like, that you don't need a qualification to look at art and to appreciate it. Um, and obviously that doesn't take away from being part of the art institution and art education in general. But I think the, like in essence, like art appreciation is like, as you said, like a relationship between the individual and the work. Um, and really just that anyone and everyone can look at art and is capable of looking at it and understanding it and taking from it what they want to understand. Yeah, I mean, I love that quote that was overheard at the Turbine Art Fair. Um, and I'm going to read the quote because I think it is beautiful. I don't understand why people assume that only some people understand art. Art is part of humanity. Everyone understands it. And I think it's an absolutely beautiful quote. And then the fact that art has gone online, that the galleries have opened online, should theoretically allow a lot more people to, to view it. Yeah, exactly. And it's exciting now because it's, it's both online and physically. So it's a lot broader than it ever used to be. Guys, I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I think there's so much more that can be explored. Perhaps when uh, a little bit later on, when you close to writing up your research paper, we can chat some more and look at the various other aspects of the art world. That, that's so exciting in South Africa because there are so many aspects to it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you so much. And just um, if anyone wants to follow our page at overheard underscore in underscore the underscore gallery um, and just engage in the comments. And yeah, we just really enjoy just talking to people and um, including everyone in the conversation. Good luck with it. Thank you so much for joining me. That was Victoria Vesta, Jordan Anthony and Shana Rosendorf. Um, there are former fine arts students who have started a collective overheard in the gallery. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.